are you sure you want to, you like, you want to do this? Like, are you like, okay. Like, do you want, like, do you want me to leave? Like, is this okay? You know? And I was like, I really appreciated that mm-hmm. because he was like basically giving me an out if I, if I wanted it and didn't feel comfortable enough to say it, yeah. you know? So he was like, are you sure you, you want me to stay? Like, do you, like, do we, do you want to go back to your place? Are you sure? You know, like he was like asking those follow-up questions. to another episode of Dear Men Fan Favorite Girl Talk. Girl, Girl Talk. So glad to have you ladies back. Thanks for being here. Um, today's episode is going to be about things that guys do that are creepy versus <laughs> things that guys do that make us feel safe. So um, I would say that just to preface this, uh, most of the guys that I work with are pretty terrified of coming off as creepy and they really don't want women to feel creeped out ever in terms of their behavior and it's like quite a large concern of theirs so um I just kind of want to yeah set that as a frame of like I think there's a lot of men that really want us to feel safe and like really want to know what what works and what doesn't work for us so um also wanted to give a shout out this episode was prompted by a listener who uh saw a thread on reddit called girls what's a creepy thing guys frequently do which we're unaware of uh pretty awesome thread i'm gonna read some of the more entertaining responses from that thread but just wanted to yeah give a shout out to anyone who is a listener who has an idea for an episode dearmanpodcast at gmail.com we always welcome listener-based ideas. So, yeah. So, um, yeah, before we start, we'll go around real quick and we'll do our names, our ages, and um, favorite TV show when you were growing up. Favorite TV show when you were growing up. Yeah. Oh, yeah. Okay. Okay. Do you want to start? Sure. Okay. Um, I'm Z. I'm in my mid-30s. And my favorite TV show growing up was... Probably Gem and the Holograms. Okay. All from right. When I was a little kid. That's that's old school. Yeah. That's old, old school, school right there. Old school mm-hmm. right there. Yeah. <laughs> okay. Nice. Hey y'all, this is Nancy. I am single, 25. Oh yeah, relationships oh, at <laughs> 10. Z. Forgot about that. I am single and available, but not necessarily looking. What's your number? What's your number? Oh my number. You're <laughs> um, to 10, baby. I don't know. I mean, I guess I'm 10 is fully like 10 is committed in a committed relationship. Ten is like married AF. Okay. Yeah. Um, <laughs> I mean, I would say I'm zero, zero, but I'm real comfortable with that right now. Negative 100. No. Yeah. I'm like, I'm like, I'm like, it's a, it's a great zero. It's a happy, happy it's zero. A, yeah. It's a happy zero right now. I'm like, it's totally chill. Okay. Loving it. Chill zero. Chill zero. Yeah. Chill was, zero would be a good name for a band. That would be. Sorry. Continue. It was like, I was programmed to do that. <laughs> I was like, wait, there's nothing missing. Um, Anyway, Nancy, 25, single. I would say I'm also zero. It's a net neutral. Like, you know, not not mad about it. Not <laughs> happy about it. Not sad not about it. Not mad about it. So no. funny. That's so funny. But I'm not not happy about it. You know what I'm saying? <laughs> anyway. chill zero? I'm a chill. Yeah, I'm chilling. Okay. Yeah. And then my favorite TV show, show growing up. I don't know. The first thing that came to mind was SpongeBob. Oh, nice. I don't know. I don't know why. It's is a pretty... It just because it was a TV show when you were going <laughs> Yeah. <laughs> but you know what? There's so many memes that have been coming out of that. That's true. They have a lot so, of memes. Yeah. So there's a lot of value there. are there. so many good SpongeBob <laughs> memes. It's like... It's they like, should name Saved by the Bell. Oh, yeah. Oh, my God. Yeah. Good one. Okay. Uh, I'm Mal. I'm in my late 30s. I am... I would say, like, I'm, like, a two... 
And one of my favorite shows growing up was Inspector Gadget. Oh my god, I love that one! Do 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 It was a that was teamwork, guys. I don't know if you could hear that, but that was really real good teamwork there. Okay. So um, today we're talking about uh, creepy things, things that make us feel creepy, behaviors that don't really work in terms of us feeling safe. Um, so same, like always, we're just going to go around and sort of tell a personal story about a time that we felt creeped out. And then, uh, we'll tell, uh, I'm, I'm not sure exactly how this will go. We might do those and then I might read some from the Reddit thread because some of them are pretty funny. Um, <laughs> and then we'll go into like safety, but generally this is sort of a discussion about what makes us feel safe and what makes us feel unsafe. Great. So who would like to start? Um, I can start. Great. Uh, this is Z. I have two short instances. Uh, the first one was a long time ago when I used to get up really early and I worked for a newspaper. So I would run around this park and just because of seasonality, sometimes it would be darker than others in the morning. And I had to go at the specific time because of work. And I would run around and whatever, it doesn't matter. The point is, is one time after I finished running, or I think I was putting on my shoes, I hadn't started running yet, and it was still a little bit dark. And there were other people at this park, it wasn't like crazy sketch, but all of a sudden, you know, I looked up and there was this person standing in front of me and I hadn't heard him come up to me. And he, his voice was a little bit off. It wasn't like a normal, solid male voice. I couldn't really place and he basically said something to the effect of like, hey, I see you running here all the time. And I was like, oh, um, that's nice. And and I was like, yeah, you know, I don't really run here, you know, all the time, you know, just today just happened to be this time. But it really freaked me out because by the way he said it, let me know that he was seeing me there consistently. Mm -hmm. And of course, the whole thing you try to avoid is patterns and this and that. Um and it does suck because I know a lot of people have a gym schedule or a schedule that they keep because of appointments and work. And so that and really freaked said, me out. You, when you said, you know, the regular schedule thing, you meant so we don't get raped. Yes. Right. Yeah. Yes. So women are told frequently. Don't to, keep a same don't schedule. Keep a regular schedule. Yeah. So that people can't follow it and follow you to your car or do to something to you. you. Exactly. Okay. Yeah. yeah. To hurt you, rape you, this how, and that. How often we think about sexual assault. Yes. Okay. Correct. Great. Correct. So that was the first really creepy instance that happened. Um, and I actually stopped running at the park, I think after that, or I think I might've gone not as frequently and mixed up my schedule because it, it really kind of, it freaked me it out actually. You. Yeah. It freaked me it out. Um, the second one was somebody that was hitting on me actually. <laughs> and they proceeded to tell a bunch of stories about their drunken escapades in which there was a little bit of violence and mayhem. Mm. And I was very turned off and actually a little creeped out at that person because I felt unsafe with him then. What did he, I'm sorry. Could you, or is it like, he was like, yeah, I went out with my boys. And then like one of them, like, um, decked this other guy like what it, it was wasn't a, so, so basically it was mayhem. yeah okay so <laughs> more about mayhem basically it wasn't a violence against people but it was this person being so drunk when, when they were out with friends that they um there were signs and they were like you know throwing things at the signs and like kind of fighting in this drunk in this drunken stupor they were fighting with the signs on the side of the road and he told it to me to be comical because you know some people might be like oh well that's kind of funny you know they're so drunk they're fighting with the signs I didn't see it like that. I was like, red flag, when this person drinks, they have aggressive behavior and they, you know. He's out of control. Kind of, yeah. And so it internally creeped me out because anybody telling stories about how drugs and alcohol are crazy fun and they do crazy things and it's exciting to them and they're mm -hmm. laughing about it kind of scares me on a lower level. Yeah. Um, especially because this person that was telling me that was much larger than I was. Mm. And so this person actually walked me to my car and super lovely person, like actually really nice person. And when I w got walked to my car, I felt safe, but it was because there was no drugs or no, sorry, not drugs. There was no alcohol that evening because he had at been the drinking. event. Exactly. I think that if there was alcohol, it would have red flagged me more. And I probably would not have let this person walk me to my car. Mm. and so yeah those are two ways that I kind of felt didn't feel that good internally cool. yeah not that safe yeah yeah I, I think this is a really good I just want to go back to this first story real quick I sometimes wonder like 
what do you think that guy's intention was in saying that? Like, oh, I see that you run here a lot. Like, I, I'm, I'm always like, what did you want to have? Ha- like, what was his ideal scenario in saying that to you? Like, I'm always like, what? Like, what is the what was the point of that? I don't know that we any of us have the answer, but I, sometimes like I'm like, why did you say that to me? Because I've had similar instances of like, oh, I've seen you here before or I've seen, you know, whatever. Like, I'm like, OK. And like yeah. what like what does that mean? Like, I think it's supposed to be flattering. Like, I, I've noticed you. Right, I noticed yeah. you. I've seen you a few times and now I'm going up to talk to you. I think, I'm paying attention to I you. I think the difference is, and I think somebody did this to you at a coffee shop, Vance. Like, they had seen you and they came up to you and said, hey, I've noticed you here studying. And they actually then was said something like, I think you're really beautiful or something. And they, they were hitting on you. But there was a and to that conversation. It wasn't just like, hey, I see you here all the time. Like, oh, yeah. Yeah, because like... <laughs> he came up to you and he said, I've seen you here running before. Right. Basically, like, it wasn't I've seen you here running before. It was it was I see you here like every like he was, it was I don't remember the exact comment because it was so long ago, but it literally made me feel he notices that I'm here every single day at this time. And it was, it was not like, a, I see you running here sometimes. It was like, hey, I noticed you're here every day or something that was really creepy. Yeah. And was even more creepy about it is it wasn't somebody that I'd actually seen. Mm-hmm. If it was somebody I'd seen running or working out, I would have been like, oh, yeah, totally. I've seen him once or twice. I had never seen this person ever. That's a good And point. I was like, what the actual fuck is happening? Like, yeah. this person cr- – and, and he didn't just – he wasn't like, hey, it was kind of still dark out. Yeah. And he just all of a sudden was Appeared. right. Yeah. And I was right. like, whoa, whoa, what the, what are, what is right. happening? Like right. it, it yeah. put all of my guards. Like I was like, am I going to have to like fist fight jujitsu this guy to the ground, you know, for my safety. Yeah. And also like women too were like, will anybody come and help us if yeah. something's happening to yeah. us? That's right. Yeah. That's a really good point. Mm-hmm. That is a, that is a question that I have sometimes. Okay. Do you want to go or should I go? You can go. Okay. Um, all right. Well, let's see. Um, I'm going to tell two stories. The first one is actually there's no other protagonist in this story. I was um, living in Buenos Aires in Argentina for almost a year, and I went out to dinner with some people, and I I – don't remember how I got there. I think I shared a taxi with someone to get to the restaurant. And then on the way home, um, this was like, this was like before Uber existed and it was raining really hard that night. And I, it was in this kind of like industrial area of the city that I wasn't totally familiar with. And something happened at the end. Like nobody could give me a ride or whatever. Everyone was going in a different direction. I don't exactly remember. What I remember is that I started walking and pretty quickly realized that I was not going to be able to get a taxi. Like there wasn't, there just were no taxis. Like when it's pouring in a city, it's really hard to get a taxi. And the streets were like pretty isolated. And there's, there are some areas of any big city, including Buenos Aires, that aren't really very good. And I was kind of like on the edge of one of those areas. And then I was, so I was like trying to stay on this main thoroughfare, but it was dark. It was raining, which also obscures vision, especially like vehicles and stuff. And I was just like looking down these side streets. Like if somebody wanted to come and abduct me right now or hurt me right now, like the rain also obscures sound. And I remember being very afraid. Like I, I was walking really fast. I was like, I just need to get somewhere better lit, like, you know, more people like, again, it's raining. So everybody's kind of like staying away, like out of sight, they're inside and stuff like that. Long story short, I ended up uh, finding a bus stop, which I was relieved about because there was like maybe one other person there, but I think she was a woman. Mm hmm. And I finally got, like, I got on the bus. I, like, couldn't really tell. I knew it was going in the direction of my house, and that was enough for me right then. I was like, let me just get on this bus that's lit and has people and just get out of here, and, like, hopefully I'll go to the right part of the city. Anyway, I ended up, um, what I remember is I got off the bus close to my house, and I ran 
back to my apartment. Like I, I ran back to my apartment and I think I just had so much adrenaline. Like I was so freaked out. Like that was a terrifying experience. And I, um, I think that generally, uh, this is a difference between men and women that, um, unless a man is going to prison, he doesn't really fear rape yeah. like very often. That's true. And I think that women fear rape like much more often. Like any time that we're alone or in a secluded area, or let's say we go to an office building late at night, like there are a lot of circumstances in which our fear goes way up because our physical safety feels like it's at risk in a way that I don't think that men have quite the same level of fear. I think obviously if a man has a trauma background or he's been attacked in the past, that's different, Mm -hmm. but there's just, there's a way that it's like scary to be in that kind of situation. So that's my first um, sort of story. It doesn't have a protagonist. It's not anything like that, like a man did or anything, but it was just like a general, like, I think this is a fairly common scenario that like some women have faced of like, Oh shit, I'm in an isolated location. I didn't realize there was no one on this street before I turned down it. Just like sometimes in life you end up in situations that are like, you're isolated and like you didn't plan for it and it's nighttime and whatever, like all that kind of thing. Okay. So that's my first one. And then my second one is, um, so I, I think I might have told this story before, but I had, I interacted with a guy who exhibited stalking behavior for a while. And, um, that was creepy, like in general creepy, but the, the creepy is one of the creepiest things that happened was we were in a shared community, like a personal growth community. And so we had a lot of like the same friends and, um, I had told him very explicitly, like, I am not interested. Please stop texting me. Like, stop calling me like stop. And then he would text my friends about me. And I remember one of my friends saying like, she's obviously not interested. Leave her alone. Stop. And he, they were like going back and forth or something. And he said something like, oh, well, I just thought it's like, um, like in fairy tales, like she'll change her mind. Oh God. So there was like this really creepy interaction where his kind of like underlying belief system came out and and we could kind of get insight into like how he was thinking about the situation, which was like, oh, this is just temporary, she'll kind of like... playing hard to get. Yeah, like, she'll come around, or like, I just thought at some point she'd change her mind. And everyone in my life was telling this person the same thing, which is, she is not interested, leave her alone, like, stop. And he would not stop. Um, And when I was looking through the thread of um, Reddit, there were a lot of stories similar to that, of like, the creepiest thing a man can do is when you say no. Yep. To keep going. Yeah. Like that is the creepiest thing. So if you're a man and you don't want to be creepy, you know, this is a pretty straightforward way of like, if she, if she says no or acts no, you know what I mean? Like if her behavior says no, or she's saying no with her words, stop. Yes. Don't keep going. And it was really interesting because I was reading some of the comments and one of them was about a new show, I think on Netflix or something called Tall Girl. And it's basically about there's some, there's some thread about like some kid in her class. It's about, I think high school and some other kid in her class that she's friends with keeps asking her out and asking her out for like a year. And then she ultimately discovers that she likes him and, you know, goes out with him. But it's like, I have noticed watching old rom-coms, like even just from like 15 years ago, like not even that old, that this is definitely a thread. Like this is definitely. She'll just change her mind if I harass her enough. Exactly. And like, I just need to point out like 95% of screenwriters and TV writers are male, are men. And that's only starting to change now, but the industry is still heavily male dominated. And we don't, we don't realize that because there's women on screen. So we're like, we look at these movies and TV shows and think that they're real because there's women up there and like, Oh, we don't think about who's writing the characters. I mean, most of us don't, mm-hmm. I think about that cause I'm a writer, but I just want to point out like that trope is definitely in the culture and it's not, the case. It's just not the case. Like, I don't know. I don't think I know any women where a man has asked us out or come on to us and we weren't interested. And then later we were, it doesn't happen. It's extremely rare. Like it just doesn't happen. Like we, yeah. Um, so 
that was really creepy. Like that, that whole situation, like I, I felt fear going to sleep at night. I got like extra locks on my doors. I, I went to the court to get a restraining order. Like I was very afraid and it didn't feel good at all. So that was like absolutely the creepiest thing that's ever happened to me. Also, if we're going along the theme of safety in sexuality too, one of the most unsafe feelings is if you say no and the person comes back with even like, oh, well, why not? And are you like anything that like is trying to argue with your no in any sexual Mm -hmm. situation is makes me feel so completely unsafe That's a really good point. and and honestly even like rageful sometimes yeah and as a woman that you feel rageful yeah i feel rageful and also as a woman you know if that person were to engage you know which has never happened you know but like if that person were to keep going i'm smaller than them mm-hmm. i'm physically less strong yeah so if my no is not respected or even if it's argued against I completely am just like, what the hell? That's a really good point. Cause I, I hooked up with a guy recently and I, he wanted to have sex and I didn't, it doesn't matter why. And, um, and he was like, but you're really turned on. Mm-hmm. And I was like, I said, no, See, yeah. that pisses me off. Yeah. Like the fact that I'm like, totally I'm not unsafe. ready tonight. Totally like unsafe. I don't want, I don't want to like, but you're really turned on. Like, no, don't do any of that. Like this is, if I say like, I'm not ready. Absolutely. No problem. We can go at whatever pace you want to go at. I want you to feel safe. Yes. Like that. All of those are correct answers. That is the response. (laughs) Like I, that's, I'm really glad that you brought that up because I think that's obviously like one of the most vulnerable situations to be in is like in a sexual situation, like clothes are off, like, you know, things like that. It's like, that is the time that it can feel the most unsafe to have anything, but no respected. And that includes like, uh, you're, you try to put your hand down her pants and she crosses her legs. Yep. Like, that's a signal that's a that no. she does not want you to do that. Like, that's a no. Respect it. Yeah. Respect it. Okay. Every single woman has been in that situation. If you are a woman, you have been in that situation. Absolutely. <laughs> and if you're a dude, unintentionally, you might have argued. Oh, wait. I thought of another super creepy instance. Okay. So, I this, this is a great example. I met a guy at a bar. This was, like, a number of years ago. Met a guy at a bar. He was really cool. We were vibing, whatever. I, it had been a really hard week. I'd had a really hard week. And I was, and I told him at the bar, I was like, Hey, I would love to take you home. And I'm not ready to have sex tonight. Like, I would just like to make out like nothing waist down. Like, how do you feel about that? First of all, the fact that I was able to do that is fucking rare, like really fucking rare. Like I I was like really proud of myself forever. And he was like, Oh, that sounds great. Like, yeah, definitely. Yes. He says, yes. I bring him home. We're making out. I remember this story. Yeah, this is a creepy creepy. story. Uh, Creepy. So I, um, making out, everything's cool, um, and then we're, we're like, kind of, we, like, kind of go to sleep, you know, when you're, like, sort of cuddling, you're sort of sleeping, whatever, Mm -hmm. we kind of go to sleep. I wake up to the smell of latex. That's fucking creepy. Homeboy has taken out a condom, and I guess is putting it on, I don't really know, because I sit up in bed, and I'm like, what are you doing? What the? Yes. And he says... I don't actually remember what he says, but I remind him, I'm like, I'm not ready to have sex. And he says, and I quote, but I'm ready. <gasps> oh my, get the fuck out and of And I'm like, house. that is the rapiest yeah, thing it's the a rapiest man has thing. ever said yeah. to me. And, oh um, it, this is kind of, it's, I'm, I like, don't know exactly what the situation is. Like I said, like I had just met this guy, but he did mention something about like having a bunch of brothers. Like he came from a family with a lot of brothers and I had this feeling that like he wanted to be able to go home and brag to his brothers or like he would have felt like a failure if he'd been in a woman's bed and, and hadn't, hadn't had fucked sex. her. Yeah. And so I think that, I think that was his motivation. I really don't know. But then it was super weird because I was like, I was like, I got up, I put clothes on. I I had like some clothes on. Like I wasn't like totally naked. I put clothes on. I was so glad I lived in a group house. I had like housemates down the hall. I was like, if I lived alone, I'd be freaking the fuck out right now. Totally. Um, And I, um, I... You made like, him was, leave. like, thinking about it, and, like, and he was, like, please, like, you know, oh, I, no. I, won't, you know Ew, I, won't, no. I won't be any bother, Mm-mm. like, I was, like, I think... I won't be any bother! Yeah, like, he said something really Get out! <laughs> I was, like... Bitch, we're past that point. <laughs> I, think, I think you should leave, and he was, like, no, I'll just, I'll sleep on the floor, like, please don't make me leave. It was, like, what? it got really uh-uh. weird, and I was, like, no, like, I, I think I need you to leave now, but... 
I think this is like a common thing in, in a trauma response where like, I didn't, I wasn't that clear at first. I wasn't like, I need you to leave right now because I was afraid that if I said, I need you to leave right now, it would trigger him. So I was trying to be like, quote unquote, nice about it. I was like, um, you know, I'm not really feeling safe anymore. Like, I think it'd be best if you left. I don't honestly remember like exactly Mm. what my, what my phrasing was, but I think that's important to uh, honor and recognize and acknowledge is that women, especially like everyone, but women, especially like under stress or in a trauma response can get really passive Mm -hmm. or like freeze. So there's fight, flight, and freeze and freeze is a very, very common response. So if it's like, if it's confusing or ambiguous, assume it's a no. Yes. If it's confusing or ambiguous, assume it's a no. Like that is not, that is not, um, you can't always expect a woman to say like, this is not okay with me. I'm not comfortable. I don't feel safe. This is a no for me. That's advanced basically. Mm -hmm. Like that's the most advanced response that you're going to get. A lot of the time it's going to be like, I want us to slow down. I'm not sure. Or just freezing. Like physically yep. her body is in a freeze state and, and you're like, I'm not really sure what's going on. If the, if you're ever in that situation, stop. Yep. Like the safest thing to do is like to stop yep. and, and be like, would you feel more comfortable if I left? Like mm-hmm. help, help her figure out what would have her feel safe. Because especially if someone has been traumatized in the past. Yeah. In a free state, they're not like their brain isn't working in the same way as yep. when they're not in that state. And if you watch somebody's face too, and it looks like they checked out or they're not there, they can't actually respond to you. They might have just disassociated because mm-hmm. of past trauma. So if you're looking at them and they don't look like they're fully there and they're still saying, yeah, but you're like, or I don't not really saying anything. Exactly. They're not saying anything or they're still saying, yeah, but it looks like they're not really fully there. Then do not proceed. <laughs> if they like you, there will be a next time to do anything else. Yeah. It's better to be like a hundred percent grounded in that. Yes. And yeah. like, that's the worst thing that could happen. Totally. Is a trauma response. Yes. Or moving which forward without really a yes. It's not a yeah. yes. Yeah. It's, it's usually just the absence of a no. Yeah. Which is not. Yeah, I guess. Yeah. Nance? I feel like it takes an advanced man to know that, to help her to, you know, unfreeze. So, (laughs) yes, and so I had a situation where the first person that I slept with, um, I was not really ready, and I had some religious stuff happening, and I disassociated, and he literally looked at me and was like, oh, shit, And he could tell that I just checked out. And I remember talking and hearing my voice from really, really far away. And I remember thinking, who's talking? And I was like, oh, shit, that's me. And he literally stopped everything. And like he could just tell that I had checked out. And he did not continue. And it wasn't like it was consensual. Like there was nothing traumatic about it. But like I had some religious stuff and I just disassociated. And so he saw that. So if a guy's paying attention, which ideally, if you're going to be sleeping with somebody, you should be paying attention to them. Like if if something is weird or they don't seem like themselves, like there's many stop. reasons that could happen. Just stop. stop. Yeah. 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 Have y'all heard of that show on Netflix called Her? Yes. It's Yeah. It's kind of similar to the theme of what we're talking about here where like this, the guy is, have you heard of this? I haven't. Okay. No. This guy, the main actor has a crush on the main actress and he seems like a really like he's like really good looking he seems like very normal he's like hot people think he's like just you know he seems very normal seems like a nice guy right seems like a nice guy mm-hmm. but in actuality behind the scenes he's like stalking her and um <laughs> Going to great lengths yeah. to be with her. He's like stealing her underwear, like cutting yeah. off pieces of her hair. Anyway, oh my made God. me think of that. <laughs> I watched that entire show. Oh, did you? <laughs> yeah. I haven't, but Ugh. anyway. So my story is kind of similar to what we've already mentioned here. I was seeing this guy and we... Uh, I, I, I'd only seen him for like, we were only dating for what, a month, a month and a half, maybe at most. And it was a long distance relationship from the get go. And so I saw him it, within that month, month and a half, I saw him, I don't know, maybe three or four times in person. Um, and after the last trip I took with him, I went to like Miami and I decided that 
he wasn't really my man. And so I, I broke it off and, um, that kind of dragged on for a, li- a little bit just cause I wasn't really like sure what I wanted. But then ultimately I like, you know, finally I kind of thawed a little bit and then decided, yeah, I don't really want this. So, um, that last kind of comprehensive conversation I had with him at one point was, you know, I don't, I don't think this is a relationship for me. Like I don't, I said, I this is not the relationship for me. I don't really, you know, I want, I don't want to keep dating you or seeing you. Like, um, it would be best if, you know, you not text me. I don't want to be in connection with you. And then for <laughs> how long has it been oh since? Like, a year, like a year. Yeah. Years, a year and a half. Yeah. Two years. Since then, <laughs> yeah. he has consistently texted me, called me, emailed, emailed me, LinkedIn. Instagram, every platform you can think of, he's reached out to me and his messages are always, Hey, yo, Hey, hi, Hey, yo, talk to me. Hey, we need to talk. Hey, want to grab coffee? Hey, you want to grab a drink? Hey, stop ignoring me. Like (laughs) for the last like two years, one and a half to two years. And PS, Nance responds to none of them. Yeah, (laughs) I don't. Right. Because it's, I mean, I'm not ghosting you because I already made it clear that I don't exactly. want to be in not communication ghosting. with right. you, you, you know? Clear. Yeah, yeah. I'm not a ghost anymore. Yeah. I know. Those are my old ways. <laughs> but, <laughs> <laughs> my uh, anyway, so yeah, that, he, and he's not a quote unquote creepy guy, you know, or at least. So what not, part about that is particularly creepy to you? Because he's hint. not a creepy guy. Okay. Get a hint. I mean, I already very clearly communicated to you that I don't want to be in connection with you. Mm-hmm. You know, I've made it very clear. I wrote like this email and we had a conversation and then I wrote a follow-up email just like to recap the conversation knowing me. <laughs> you know? I took so- minutes on our breakup conversation. <laughs> Here's the email. Dear John. Yeah. Her <laughs> <laughs> my last email. So I recapped it. I said, you know, um, it, I said it would not feel good for me to be in in communication yeah. with you. I made it very, very, very clear that I didn't want to It's a boundary crossing. Yeah. That's the thing. It's a boundary crossing. I think for me, it's like, I asked you not to do something and you're, and you're doing consistently it, doing and it. And that makes me feel unsafe because it makes me think like, what else are you exactly. capable of ignoring? Right. Yep. And that doesn't feel good. And if someone were to reach out and say, Hey, I know that you requested that we not be in contact and right. I would love to have a conversation for closure. I totally respect yes. what if you don't want to do that. I just wanted to see that would feel different because totally there would be an different. acknowledgement yes. of the original boundary. Correct. Right. Instead of like, I'm just gonna completely pretend that didn't happen. <laughs> right. That doesn't like not at all. Um, okay, a couple other ones. Um, this I I think someone has said something like this to me. found it really creepy. Uh, a guy saying, don't worry, I didn't put anything in your drink when they bring you a drink. Oh, God. Like, joke, no. any joke no. about roofies, not cool. Two of my friends have been roofied, and it's not fucking it's, cool. No. Like, it's no. not a joke. Don't joke about it. Um, this other woman said, uh, a guy said, wow, you're really brave for walking home alone. When he ran into her on the street at like 10 p.m. on a weekday, walking oh. on a well-lit main road, and she goes, "Like I wasn't really thinking about the possibility of you sexually assaulting me before, but I sure as fuck am now." <laughs> like any, like any, like jokes about that, not cool. Another one I thought was really relevant was, "I don't like it when guys hit on me at work." Yeah. Um, like customer service, uh, she can't leave. Like she can't leave. Like she's doing, she's doing customer service. Uh, another woman was like, "Yeah, I'm a nurse." And, um, I don't care if you're like the most handsome, charming face, like man on the face of the planet. I have a job to do and you're getting in my way. Like, please don't do that. Um, same thing, like servers, servers and bartenders, a lot of like, they're, they're like, they're working. They can't exit the situation. Like be cognizant of that fact. Mm -hmm. Um, and there was one more, oh, guys telling women to smile. This is, like, on every (laughs) fucking thread. Like, I don't think it's ever happened to me personally. It's never happened to me. But I've heard... Oh, it's happened to me. Yeah. Yeah. Can you speak briefly to that? Because I find that really obnoxious. So fucking obnoxious. Why do you have the right to tell me what I should be doing with my fucking face? Like, go fuck yourself. What was your, like, experience? 
I've been told this many times. <laughs> <laughs> because Nancy's only nice to us. No, no. Like, in what, like, what, what context? Like, you're on public transportation. Yeah, like, on the subway. And what, is it, what does he say? Hey, try smiling. Or, hey, you should smile. Or, hey, why you look so unhappy? Oh, my God. Yeah. That is that is so annoying. Like none I can't of your even business. Imagine. Yeah, like, but this came up so many times in the threads. I was like, Ugh. I've heard that so many times from women that it's so annoying for them to hear. Yeah, I think it's a no go. Okay, I do want to keep just things moving. Flick them we, off. <laughs> is that what you do? Well, actually, let's let's talk about this for a second because I want to. If, if I were in a situation like that. Um, I feel really scared and anxious of saying anything that could piss the man off, including flicking him off, because yeah. I'm afraid of retribution. Yeah. I'm very afraid of it. Like, I'm I'm terrified of having a man feel rejected because I'm scared that he will attack me. Yeah. And I don't know if you guys read that short story, Cat Person, but I thought that was a really relatable, very good kind of, like, outline of how scary it is to... Like, kind of, like, have a man be interested, maybe go on a date, and then the rejecting him part of, like, if you're not interested is really scary. And essentially what happens in the story is, like, her her friend grabs her phone and texts the guy something really direct and, like, I don't want to see you anymore. Like, just very direct, no sugarcoating, no, like, making it nice, which yeah. I'm always trying to do because I'm so scared of retribution. And at first he reacts okay, and then in the end, he doesn't. Yeah. And I'm like, this is every woman's nightmare. Like that, like, I think the real test of any, like, man's actual uh, safety is how do you act when, when you're, you're triggered or rejected? Triggered or rejected. Yeah. How do you act when you're turned down? Mm-hmm. You know, either I don't want to see you anymore, like turned down like that, or like, I don't want to have sex tonight. Right. It could it could be not like a, I don't want to see you anymore, but just yeah. any kind of like any kind of no. Yeah. That's the real test. Any kind of no. To me. Yeah. Yeah. OK, so we're going to switch gears because we I, I want to make sure we cover safety. Um, I would love to hear times that you have felt safe uh, with a man um, either after feeling unsafe or just in general, like things that men have done that have had you feel particularly secure. Oh, I just thought of one. Um, I haven't thought of this for years. Um, I was in college and I had a couple really good male friends actually. And this one guy, um, I did have a crush on and later found out he had a crush on me, but he had a girlfriend. So nothing ever happened. Basically we would go to parties and whatnot. And, um, my guy friends would look out for me, which I really appreciated. I didn't party a lot, but just being in that environment can be scary as a college student and a woman and all, you know, I don't need to say. And I remember, um, when we would go to parties together, he would always look out for me. He'd always like occasionally come back into the area so that he could find me and make eye contact with me and just kind of let me know that he was there. And then I do remember that whenever we would walk through crowds or if he was going to a different space or a different area, he would reach his hand back and he would let me grab his hand and he would walk with me. He would hold my hand behind his back walking through the crowd. Mm -hmm. And nothing ever happened with this person, but I cannot even tell you how safe and protected I felt when I went out with him. Like, I knew that this person had my back. And, I mean, if that person was available, I absolutely would have dated them. Mm-hmm. Um, but I just was like, this person I felt so incredibly safe with. Mm-hmm. And I remember that to this day, and that was years ago. Mm-hmm. I love it. Yeah. It's a great story. Mm-hmm. Yeah. That made me think of a story. (laughs) (laughs) Never come prepared to these. I just, you know, first thing that comes to see what happens to my head. Anyway, so there, I remember when I was in college, I think that was, I don't know, junior year of college or something. My boyfriend at the time, and I went to, was it? Cancun, yeah, it was Cancun. We were we went with a bunch of his friends, and I remember we went we went out to this nightclub, that one really popular nightclub in Cancun. Frog, frogs, and your frogs. Oh, I can't remember. <gasps> oh my god, senior frogs. <laughs> oh, I'm wait, was a weird flashback with the two stories? <laughs> Probably. Two stories? Anyway, whatever. The point is, so we were at this nightclub, and 
one of my girlfriends and I were dancing and we started, you know, attracting some attention. Some guys were kind of creating a circle around us. Some strangers. Like we had no idea who these guys were. Senior frog, you're a lily pad, baby. There we go. That's that's right. <laughs> <laughs> and then they were kind of circling around this uh, me and this one of my girlfriends and then I remember my ex-boyfriend my boyfriend at the time stepped in with one of his friends and and kind of like he he wasn't aggressive assert, like but he was like assertive he was firm you know like yeah. he wasn't like hey yo what are you right. doing dude like right, so let's right. fight you know he didn't yeah. try to like start a fight but he was like clearly like this is my girl you know Aww. like he stepped in and he he kind of like came in the middle of kind of me and my girlfriend and these two or three guys are kind of creating us a little circle or encompassing us and i was like that made me feel really safe you know because mm-hmm. there are these like big guys that i have no like that i don't know who i don't know who are if they're gonna like i don't know like Come start to like you, start you know trying you. right rubbing us yeah. inappropriately yeah, or totally. like grinding up on us and my like they're they were like taller and bigger than my ex-boyfriend you know but my ex-boyfriend still kind of stepped, stepped in and he was like this is my girl mm-hmm. yeah this is my girl yep yeah he claimed you yeah yeah i like that it's in a story. way that was not aggressive which i that's also right, really right no, no mayhem a, yeah no it's no mayhem there's no violence or mayhem he wasn't mayhem. looking to start something he yeah. was just like this is my woman and i want to make sure she's okay yeah i'm like and still mine. <laughs> yeah. Uh, I wanted to read this one just to rep um, this issue. Um, as a black female, it is absolutely infuriating when guys hit on you by staring, by stating that they've never been with a black girl before and start with all that chocolate sh- caramel shit. That doesn't make me feel special. It makes me feel like a fetish you want to cross off of your list. Just be normal, please. <laughs> um, that's great. Yeah. Yeah. That's um, so true. Yeah, and then a couple other um, black women chimed in. The worst, especially when they say you must be wild in bed. I don't want to be a check on your bucket list or you trying things out. Just treat me like a human being. And I think, I think, um, like Nance, I don't know if you can speak to this, but I mm. think that <laughs> Nance <can. laughs> that women of color have a whole other set of things that happen and that mm-hmm. don't feel very safe or good or mm-hmm. respectful and it's just a good thing to be aware of yeah would you like to take this one yeah i mean this is something that definitely crosses my mind often is you know oh and I'm, nance's asian american for those right. who can't see her because <laughs> <laughs> it's a podcast <laughs> you couldn't tell by my voice <laughs> that's weird <laughs> <laughs> But, yeah, I'm always afraid that, you know, people might fetishize me or only kind of want to date me because I'm their type. And um, But you've also had that experience. I think so. I don't like to – I've never confirmed it. Yeah, I don't want to, like, okay. assume anything of anybody. But, okay, yeah, yeah, I'll you're right. <laughs> About that. Okay. I legit told you that he like was interested in you because of what you look like and that you were Asian. Was this? Yeah. Oh, okay. <laughs> Those are the exact okay. words. Okay, but I also just want to like people can have racial preferences when it comes to sexuality, oh, totally. and there's yes. nothing wrong with that. There's nothing wrong with being attracted to one featured person versus another featured person Correct. it's when you assume they're going to be a certain way like for example oh she's asian american or she has asian features therefore she'll be submissive right yes. right that's the right. problem is assuming that a person is going to be or like he's white he's going to be an asshole like yeah. that's it that's when you get into racism versus right. i really love how this looks like this is beautiful to me most people have sexual preferences and yes. for some people that includes racial features that's not necessarily racist. Correct. It's when you make assumptions about who they are as a person because of their features. Yes. I mean, well said. <laughs> that is all. <laughs> yeah. Okay. Um, so safety. Is it my turn? It's your turn. Mm-hmm. Oh, okay. Um, let's see. So I would say that um, the, the one example that I have Um, although there have been multiple times that men have made me feel safe is, um, I was, uh, dating a guy and 
I was over at his place and it, they were having like a, some sort of party or something, but like low key, like not like a gathering kind of. And I had been in his room or something. Anyway, I was pretty young. I would have been like 20, maybe 19. And, um, his housemate was, uh, like came out of, I came out of his room came out of the guy's room and I was upset about something. I don't remember what it was. Like, I can't remember all the details. And the housemate was like, are you all right? Mm. In like a very like grounded way of like, he was tracking me. He saw my face and he was really like, are you all right? And I said, yeah, or whatever. And he was like, are you sure? Mm. Like, he really was like, he was like, like you could, I could feel that he was standing there and he was like holding me right. Like in the, like in the field, like holding me, like, and it was important to him that he knew that I knew that I could tell him something, right. That if something had happened and then same thing, I not exactly the same thing, but I went to a wedding and the groom had a bunch of groomsmen um, and everybody got really drunk. And one of the groomsmen was interested in me and was like kind of hitting on me at the party or whatever. And then um, anyway, I, I, I can't remember exactly what happened, but the groom checked in on me the next day and was like, how are you doing? Is everything okay? Like, I know that so-and-so was hitting on you. Mm-hmm. Like, and and again, like the way that he asked was sort of like, I'm available yes. for you to tell me something if there's something you need to tell me. Yeah. Like, I am here. I am available. I am aware of what is happening in the space. And I think the other thing that I, like, I remember having a conversation with, like, in, like, a mixed group, like, men and women, whatever, like, like at a party or something. And I mentioned, somebody mentioned something, something, and it, it, it was, like, kind of on the edge, right? And one of the other guys was like, dude, that's kind of rapey. Right. And it made me feel safe that a man had said that like one of the other men, like anytime a man kind of calls out that behavior or sort of like names it, I feel safer. I feel like, okay, there's like a woke guy here. That's aware of how safety is such a big thing for us and how we don't feel safe a lot of the time. Like he's tracking the space and that really made me feel secure. And I would say every time I feel like a man has an awareness of that, I feel safer. And that's the guy you're going to walk to your car with at night. Mm -hmm. Like if you're going to walk, you're going to choose him. And (laughs) Farrakh. Potentially. Maybe. (laughs) Um, Question mark. (laughs) Uh, If there's, I'm wondering if there's anything else before we wrap, anything else we want to touch on in terms of sexual safety, like how, you know, creepy versus safe. Like if there's anything men have said or done that's made you feel particularly safe in a sexual scenario. Yes, I have a story. So there was this guy that I was dating and the first time that we had slept together, he had, he was checking in throughout sort of, you know, the progression of the escapade. Escapade. (laughs) So he was like, are are you, are you sure you want to, you like, you want to do this? Like, are you like, okay. Like, do you want, like, do you want me to leave? Like, is this okay? You know? And I was like, I really appreciated that mm-hmm. because he was like basically giving me an out if I if I wanted it and didn't feel comfortable enough to say it. Yeah, you know. So he was like, "Are you sure you you want me to stay? Like, do you like do we do you want to go back to your place? Are you sure? You know, like he was like asking those follow up questions really instead really nice, of yeah. just being like, "Do you want to go to your place? Yeah, okay, cool. yeah. <laughs> great, okay, let's do everything. Yeah, okay. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, so I really appreciated that. Um. Yeah, I I think in a similar way, like, I'm thinking of a guy that I felt, um, basically, like, I had slept with this guy once, and then I, like, invited him to a party or something, he came to the party, and he read my physical signals, which were basically, like, I don't really want to hook up with you tonight, like, I kind of want to be alone tonight, I didn't say anything with my words, but, like, I just wasn't that available, I wasn't, you know, and he like left at the end of the night and he didn't make a big deal out of it. He didn't shame me. He didn't like 
hang around my room, you know, like yeah. hoping something would yeah. happen, even hoping though hoping you change your mind. Well, because oh. I think sometimes clearly that happens. Yeah, all the I think time. sometimes <laughs> um, when you have have hooked up with someone before, there's this assumption that like, oh, yes, oh I deserve right. it again, yeah, or that's like, true. Yeah. and I really or that it's gonna happen. Again. I really appreciated that he listened to my physical signals yeah. and was like, it's cool, like. I'm just gonna, I'm just gonna go. And he didn't, yeah, he didn't make a big deal out of it. And he didn't subtly punish me for, he was just cool about like, no problem. Like, I'm just gonna, like, I'll see you. You know, I really appreciated like that. That made me want to see him again. Yeah. That made me want to hook up with him again. Like it made me feel like, yeah. And I, and at the time, like, I just wasn't sure. Like I was like tired and I had, I just had stuff going on and I was like, I don't know. I'm just not really feeling it. So that made me feel safe. I got a quick one. Um, I was, I had gone on a couple dates with this person Mm -hmm. and I liked this person a lot. I just, there was no romantic chemistry on my end and I was hanging out with them and I actually really enjoyed hanging out with them. And I remember, um, we were sitting down at this table and all of a sudden he said, I really would like to kiss you right now. And I'm feeling like you don't want that to happen. Mm. And I remember being like, oh, thank God he said that. Because I really liked him. And I don't really know how to be with somebody that I actually do like a lot as a person, but I'm not attracted to. Especially if they're a dude and we're hanging out. And so I was like, thank God he started this conversation. And I actually said, thanks so much for saying that. Like, that's true. Like you're, you're picking that up, right? I do really like you, da, 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 but I'm not feeling that sort of thing. And he was like, he was like, okay. Mm. And, it, and, and, and he was like, he was like, thanks for letting me know that. And then we carried on as normal for a while. And I, and I was like, this guy's never going to talk to me again. He's going to be pissed. Something's going to happen. Nope. He still kept being my friend. He showed up. He was super solid and a couple things. Like it was really wonderful. Yeah. I was like, this guy is a great freaking example mm-hmm. of, being able to read the signals, being able to say something about them and then actually respect the no and continue being like, I still like you as a human. Yeah. Yeah. I'm not going to punish you exactly. for saying no. And like yeah. I did, I did, you know, I do still want to be friends with you. Yeah. 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 I think that seems to be like one of the main themes in terms of safety versus not is like, how are you with my no? Yeah. Do you make mm-hmm. space for my no? Yeah. Are you, you know, like, cause I think like Nance's story, like he proactively made space for like, are you feeling comfortable? Are you still feeling comfortable? Do you want me to come home? Like, mm-hmm. are you sure? Like, it's okay if, mm-hmm. if not, yeah. like he made space for her. No, he didn't just wait for it. Mm-hmm. Right. Cause like we said, like, it's very, very scary for us to say no to men. Yeah. It's scary. It's mm-hmm. scary. We don't know what's going to happen. Um, and I think that's true in relationships as well as not, you know, like, again, like, and when you're in a relationship, they're sort of like this, like given, like, oh, you're just gonna do stuff because you've done it before. Like, no, like every time is new. Like, yeah. it's not always a given. And, yeah. um, as we've discussed, like we want to, we want to feel your desire for us and we also want to feel safe saying no. Yeah. Right? And I think there's a way to ask those clarifying questions without coming off as though you're insecure you know what I'm saying or unconfident or not confident right because it I mean I feel like if you ask you know firmly and and in a way that's like showing like I'm I don't know I'm solid I'm grounded versus being are you sure are you sure are you sure is this okay you know like that's a very it's very different energy right Mm -hmm. than like are you sure you'd like me to come home is this okay yeah. Mm-hmm. Like that's a, do you still feel comfortable? Yeah. It's, right. it's, I want to make sure you feel safe. Yeah. I want to exactly make sure you feel comfortable. Did. That assertive, but firm, mm-hmm. not aggressive, not wimpy, not, it was just, yeah, here I exactly. am. Exactly. Yeah. Yeah. Cool. Hey guys, thanks for listening. Just again, a quick note. If you're interested in the course, you can find it at pleaseherinbed.com, www.pleaseherinbed.com or at my site, melaniecurtain.com under courses and have a very sexy day. <laughs>